What's up, you guys? This is the Hendo Podcast. I'm your host, Hendo, Courtney Hendo, and this is podcast number 13, I want to say. Wow. 13. Up there. We're getting there. Wow. We're getting up there. You're catching up to us. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> We're on like number 14 <laughs> after a year after and a half. Years, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so we have some special guests in the building today. If you don't know who these people are, you need to log off the podcast right now and then get your life together. Hey, go on Wikipedia. And Wikipedia, look Google. Us up. <laughs> the first black uh, is are you the first black UFC fighter? Well, female. Female you, fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. African American. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. African American female fighter in the UFC. The first black African American female <laughs> fighter. That's large in the UFC. Yeah. Angela Overhill Kill. And we have her head coach. <laughs> and the first ever, I don't first know. First ever Scottish coach married yeah, to yeah. the first African-American female <laughs> in the <Yeah>. UFC. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Blair Pride. Adam, what's up with mustache? I should put that in my Twitter bio. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should. That's a good Twitter bio, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen. What's up, the mustache? I like that. It's the only thing I can grow. Okay, me yeah, too, man. Yeah, I, I have the same problem. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like problem. it. I think it makes him look like a better <laughs> distinguished coach. And you, yeah. and you know what? It's Black History Month. Yeah. Oh shit! There you go. Hey, this is not planned. This wasn't planned. No. This wasn't planned. Out of the blue. Out I of the just blue. finished training and I went to Outback Steakhouse and then <laughs> <Yeah>. came here. <laughs> so Angela, let's start off with you. Um, what? How did you get into fighting? I mean, you're a pretty young lady, you know, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I just can't fathom. How do you? How do you? How do you get into fighting? Like, so what's, what's the story? So the story is it's kind of lame. Um, me and Adam had been living together. He had just moved to New York from Scotland, and we were living together. And then we ended up getting married, and um, we started getting a little chunky <laughs> and out of shape. I I was working a bar job, but then I got a job at an animation studio, so I was sitting at a desk the entire time. And the whole time I was like, man, I, I need to start moving around. Like, I feel like you know, girls just sitting on my ass all day. So um, I always wanted to learn how to fight. And me and Adam went to a Muay Thai class together. And we just like looked it up because people were like, oh, yeah, you should try Muay Thai. It's a fun kickboxing style. And so I went and tried it. And um, we went to uh, our our first coach, Brandon Levi, and he was this Australian dude and he was really funny and charismatic. And the first time I threw an elbow on the pads, I was just like, Oh, this is cool. Like, I really like it. You know, just, just because like, like I was super skinny, like I have muscles now, but when we first started, I had like little stick arms, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, uh, you know, like Zendaya, like she has like these little stick arms. It was like that. So I threw an elbow for the first time. I was like, Whoa, my little stick arms could generate that much power like i should uh, this is really cool i should stick with it so from that day on we've just been hooked with muay thai and like i don't know what adam's moment was but after the first class like we both were like yeah let's keep doing this this is awesome that's crazy so what about you adam like because i know you're a fight you're a fighter too as well and you're a pretty badass yeah, yeah no me and angie started you together which two cool. killers right here guys i'm trying to tell you we got two killers in the building today <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of your stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it was cool to actually, like, I think I kind of realized that was, I mean, I was, com- I felt compelled to do it for a little while, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it became more than a hobby. 
But the first time I saw what looked like a six pack, I was like, shit, I never thought I'd have that. <laughs> 20, 25, 26. So that could have made it worth it, which was cool. But it's it's also, I think working out for us was kind of hard, but it was good because you you felt like you were learning a, school as a, a skill as opposed to just working out. Right, right. So right. That, that was an important kind of uh, thing, I think, for us, you know. So you guys start off yeah. as Muay Thai, kickbox, and all that, you know. And a lot of people don't know Muay Thai kickboxing is really brutal. MMA is good. But to me personally, Muay Thai, Muay Thai and kickboxing is on a it's it's crazy. Sorry, it's dog's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Look at him! Look at him! That's the Aww. dog featuring Butcher. Butcher, his new pet, new dog boy. they got. Yeah, running around boy. the studio. You know we dog friendly for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so now, how did you transition to more MMA from uh, Muay Thai? So Muay Thai was definitely intense and I'm I'm I am happy that I started with like one style before I ended up learning other things. Uh so I got really good at Muay Thai and then they started there started being rumors about them introducing lower weight classes into the UFC. So Ronda Rousey was already in there killing people and um and then they were like, "Oh, we're going to do a tough with uh, 115 pound women. And I was all already fighting at like in between 105 and 110. So I was like, oh, extra five pounds. That that should be shouldn't be too hard to like uh, figure out. So I ended up uh, working towards getting that first MMA fight. And that was really hard for me because I was 16 and 0 at the time in Muay Thai. So no one wanted to have um their first no one wanted to fight me basically because it was a risky fight i was oh and oh but i had all these muay thai fights so it was like you know i i could only get get people to say yes that had already had like maybe seven or eight fights so once i finally did get a fight it was two days before the tough tryouts and um luckily i was able to drop her and and take her down and do all this stuff that showed that yeah i've been working on everything and i'm ready to be in the ufc so i i knocked that girl out i went to the tryouts hey give it (laughs) give it a round of applause knock the girl out (laughs) give her the business it was a tko but same thing same thing so still pretty cool (laughs) Um, And then two days later, we flew out to uh, the Vegas tryouts, and I tried out, I wowed them, I really hammed up everything. I was like, oh, the greatest fighter in the world. They're like, we like her. We like her moxie, and she can hit pads well, and she didn't. She didn't crap the bed in the grappling department. So, like, yeah, we'll sign her. So I was one of the first 15 strawweights or 16 strawweights to be signed in the UFC. That's crazy. Congratulations <laughs> on Thank that. Well, round of applause on credit. <laughs> yeah. Proud of you. So um, you, you're fighting in the UFC. Um, Adam, you are. You guys are married, right? For mm-hmm. sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. We have How the tattoo <laughs> to prove it. <laughs> yeah. No wedding band, just <laughs> tattoo. So, Adam, your wife is fighting the UFC. You get to see all these brutal things. You know, she's getting hit and she's beating people ass. She's losing fights. How do you cope with all this? I don't. I don't particularly well. And that's uh, that's just part of it. Like, it took me a while to kind of reconcile myself with the fact that that's what she's doing for a living. For sure. Um, but, you know, it says it said its ups and downs. Like, I was in a corner in an early Muay Thai fight, so it took me a while to come around to to be comfortable with her MMA fights and stuff like that because I felt like it was kind of out of my element. But it took me a while to realize that maybe I am somebody that had her best interests at heart and this, that, the other. I, I was in a good place to know her skill set and what she was capable of, and 
and what she was capable of doing in the ring or whatever. So, yeah, it took a little while, but I'm definitely more comfortable with it now. But initially, being forced into that position wasn't the easiest thing. But you know, somebody kind of in and out, and and you get used to you get used to being around them. You you, you need like a support group as well as somebody who's just kind of coaching you, I guess. Right. So I was happy to kind of defer to other people to a certain degree. But, you know, I like being there for Angela. I like feeling that I can, you know, try and support her in whatever way she, she needs. Since so. you have a fighter background as well, so you know a lot. Uh, you have a lot of uh, knowledge. Yeah, not and, just uh, into a wrestling. That's the problem. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so so something really funny that you guys has put recently on uh, social media, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> so you guys did a breakdown. I know it's, it's it goes vi- it went viral. You did a, a, a breakdown on Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, he, he was talking about. Uh, I guess he don't like women fighting. Yeah. So what what is your take? What is your take on that? Like, I just don't think the guy like fighting. Period. You know. I don't yeah, know. I, don't it, think I want to discuss it. I don't this think topic. He knows though. it. Yeah. His his takes on everything MMA related is always stupid. Like it's always it, it's all it always looks like a take of some outsider looking in for the first time. Right, right. So it was always uh, kind of I don't know. It was just kind of a slap in the face when when it turned out that he was going to be talking about MMA mm. because it really doesn't seem like he has any interest in learning anything about it or respecting it as a sport or respecting the fighters. Um, but then at the same time, like. Uh, it, a lot of MMA fighters aren't familiar with him, and he is the type of like uh, he's a talking take, head. He's a, that, he's a hot take guy. Yeah, like he, he, says he right. just says to get a reaction. Yeah, to inflammatory know. things to get a reaction out of people. So it worked, and I thought it would be funny to just like break down his uh, break down his little uh, pad work video because that went viral when he first started talking about oh. Um, who was it? Um, Cowboy Cerrone. Cerrone. Yeah, he was like, yeah. oh, Cowboy Cerrone just didn't want it. And that's why he lost. Had nothing to do with the fact that, you know, it was a good fight or Conor McGregor or just. people win, you know. Yeah, just won, yeah. you know. So right, right. Uh, that that went viral when that happened. So I was like, oh, let's go back and look at that Pavlik video and see if we could break down his technique. And right. that was just like my little, <laughs> <laughs> my little response to his saying that women shouldn't fight. So I thought that was funny. I thought it was a funny way to kind of clap back at him. And yeah, it was uh, pretty. It was pretty <laughs> hilarious. But I have a question though. I wanted to break this down though, because I be I, I try to analyze what he was saying, mm-hmm. and I kind of get I, I can get his mindset mm-hmm. of what he's he's trying to say. So he's looking at it as somebody who's not in this this sport. You know what I mean? So he's saying that he don't like to see another girl get punched in her face. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can get that for sure. <laughs> so I feel like it is all about uh, you know. The way you look at it, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you look at it, because I look at you now, look at it, you don't look like a fighter. You look like a, a pretty, you know, Wait, uh, nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I if I were to walk past you on the street, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, you look like a, a pretty young lady, you know, what I mean, so if I was to see if, like the ugly, right. but <laughs> <laughs> I look like trash. No, but um, I, 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 I get totally that. get that I get, perspective. And, right. I think his perspective, that's what his perspective yeah, is. But, You're a pretty young lady. He don't want to see you get punched in the face. Exactly. But a lot of times those type of opinions are best kept to yourself. True. And, <laughs> true, and it's, true. it's definitely the opinion of like 
an older relative that I had that found out that I was fighting. Like, oh, you're going to mess up that pretty face. Or, <laughs> oh, I don't want to see you getting hit. Or, um, I hope you don't fight that Ronda Rousey. Like, I've had to, like, block relatives from my social media pages because they would say <laughs> dumb shit because they don't understand what they're looking at. They don't understand the sport. And they're just scared for me. And right. that's that's the same uh that's the same point of view that he seems to be coming from. Absolutely. If he's not just doing it to be antagonistic, you know, right. like uh, it's, it's that, that opinion that a lot of people have. Oh, I don't want to see a woman get hurt on TV. I'd rather see a guy get hurt because that's more of a gender, like normative uh, sure. thing to be seen. Like For a sure. guy getting hurt. Guys get hurt all the time in action movies and, and they end up okay. A woman gets hurt. Then she has to be saved, you know? So it's like, it's definitely like kind of, regressive and i think that's the main reason it got so much um people paid attention so much to it is because uh it's it's a regressive thing it, it's one of those things where we felt like we were moving past it but then it's always like uh two steps forward one step back and, absolutely and his comments were one step back where like women's mma has gained respect from pe from doubters uh famously from dana white from gsp from all these people who are just like oh man i don't think i gsp then like He's yeah. For before uh, Ronda was uh, owning shit, GSP was like, "I don't like women fights because most of them didn't look like both girls were skilled." Right, right. You know, so in mm. even if you see one girl who's skilled and another one who's trash, you just see like these people getting fed to you fed know, to the wolves. Yeah. yeah, fed to the wolves, and it and it's not as entertaining, especially when you're thinking of like, oh, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's sister. But right. um, but now that most of the women in the UFC are skilled enough to defend themselves to win, every anybody has a chance these days. Like, I, it, you feel like you've gained the respect as as like a demographic to move past those stigmas. But people like Stephen A. Smith still bring it back. Like, yeah, <laughs> women can't fight, though. So don't let them fight because they're going to get hurt. Poor little girls, you know, like that's, sure. that's what it feels like as a female fighter. Well, I can see it because, like I said, it, it, the way you view it, if I can, if I view you as a pretty young lady fighting and I'd be like, OK, <laughs> yeah, but I see you as an athlete. You know what I mean? Like you're a professional athlete. So yeah. when I look at you as a prof professional athlete, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I can see it all day. Fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's just different as opinion for sure. For sure. What about you, Adam? What do you think about it? I think it's problematic that he's put in a position where he's allowed to voice an opinion. Like I, I get that you have to appeal to a casual aspect of the sport. And by putting it on Fox, ESPN, whatever, you're trying to popularize it for a an audience that isn't familiar with it, as familiar as they are with basketball or baseball or um what do you call it? Or, or American football, football or something like that. <laughs> so, you, yeah, one of those the things, most you know. famous one? Yeah, yeah, famous in America. So, I, so that's like, you know, that's the thing that they're trying to appeal to. So I get it because he's a talking head. But you're putting a guy in a position where he's allowed to influence people's opinion and appeal to the worst kind of casual fan that could come into the sport and talk in, in absolutes and very kind of like almost disrespectful terms. And I don't think it plays well to the sport as a whole it's not a team sport it's an individual sport and i think you have to be a little more nuanced with how you approach commentary on something like that instead of just uh saying something ridiculous like he was disgusted by a donald cerrone's performance like you don't get that you shouldn't get to say it. you can say you're disgusted with a team the raiders sucked whatever but um when you're looking at an individual i don't think you question an individual's motives you're in a you're in a fight where someone can 
can shut it out in, in like seconds and it's sometimes it's chance, sometimes it's skill, but it's not really fair to kind of just make those blanket assumptions because you're talking about a person as opposed to a team. And I find that kind of disrespectful because he's also, you can't throw a punch, which is kind of problematic for me. Right. If you can't <laughs> throw a punch yeah. and you want to talk shit about people throwing punches, like I'm not saying you have to be, you know, a basketball player to commentate on basketball, but at least like when you look at these panels that have basketball players and stuff like that and, and ex-athletes on it, you know they're coming from perspective where they understand the respect that is inherent in the sport. And I mm. just feel he's very casual and a little uh, cavalier with his um, commentary on the topic. And I think someone could do well to maybe educate him a little more on it. He's a casual fan. Yeah. He is a casual fan. The worst kind of he's casual. A, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and I think, like somebody was saying right now, I think a lot of MMA fans are actual casual fans. They don't really mm. have the knowledge base of – you know what's really going on in that cage mm-hmm. they're casual fans so speaking of that um how do you deal with as a professional athlete and you're pretty popular in mma right now you're like one of the, for sure one of the, the the best um how do you deal with the fans how do you deal with social media um uh, do you read so those far, comments so far I, I still handle my own social media i haven't gotten to the point where i'm like oh i need need to hire someone to do it for me um i think if i get more famous i will have to do it well, just shit, because Angela. you're famous already yeah but i'm not like at a million followers or anything <laughs> like, like once i hit like uh, i'm still like creeping creeping towards two uh 200 uh but yeah like i think Right now, it's still easy to just go, okay, block, mute, uh, respond, you know, that kind of stuff and not get too hurt about it. But uh, a lot of times I'll like, I'll, I'll share with Adam some stupid comment that I got one day and, he'll, and we'll both just like vent about it. And it helps because like it, you do see that stuff and it right. does like affect your... I guess your demeanor for today, like you're just like fuck, you know, like I, I I just can't catch a break. But then it's easy to forget about all the positive, um, all the positive comments that you've gotten, and all the all the actual fans who are like rooting you on and cheering for you and and lifting you up when you're feeling down. Like it's so easy to forget about that when you get that one negative comment. So Damn. just trying to focus on the positive rather than the negative. Like I used to. I used to just be like, oh, I'm going to fucking destroy this guy, you know, like <laughs> when someone would say something shitty to me. But the it, but it was never satisfying because they wouldn't acknowledge that they got owned, you know, like they For would sure. just be happy about getting attention. So at a certain point, I'm like, dude, like I'm I'm just fucking schooling these guys like they they don't know how to argue with people. They must not have any friends. They must not, <laughs> you know, they must not understand social cues, but they should be really depressed after what I t- said about about them (laughs) and they're just going oh well you suck and it's like it's not satisfying so i i learned to back off from trying to just you know clap back at people back off from trying to like make them feel sad and just block them and that's the easiest way to deal with with uh, negativity um and the positive stuff is always great like i love it when people reach out to me i love it when they give me like positive messages like oh man you inspired me to train you inspired my daughter to train like you you just like uh, i i love that you're still working towards like being champ i know you're gonna be champ one day like all that stuff is really awesome to see and that's why i still um that's why i still like run all my own stuff because i want it to be genuinely me that people are reaching out to and i love seeing that type of feedback like seeing that people are like in my corner like that, that keeps me going for sure 
So MMA, right? It's it's a it's a mental game. Of course, it's a physical game as well. But I feel like a big part of MMA is mental. Mm-hmm. So before you fight, you don't you don't see these comments and everything that people are saying, all the negative shit. You know, it doesn't affect your your your, your mental before you get in that ring. Well, like fight week, I'll, I'll usually stay off social media for the most part. Like mm-hmm. I'll post something, and maybe look a little bit, but I won't try to look too hard because you're always gonna see something that pisses you off. For and sure. Like fight week, you're hungry, you're tired, you're like anxious about the fight night. Like that's the last thing you want to do is let something dig in and just fuck with you mentally. So I always right. avoid social media during fight week. Before then, I'm good. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't really affect me because I'm in camp. Or, or I'm just training, or living my life and enjoying it. Like, so it doesn't really affect me then. But fight week, you're a little more sensitive. So I always try to avoid that kind of stuff. I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll like make Adam post stuff for me or something, and and just like afterwards, after the fight's over, then I'll look at it. That's crazy. So another question. So, um, <clears throat> you're you headlining the your last fight was a headline. You headlined that, that last fight, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you're in front of like thousands and millions of people when you walk up to that cage and get in that cage in front of thousands and millions of people in that crowd how do you feel like what's the feeling of getting in that cage and everybody's surrounding looking at do you hear anything do you hear people do you see anything what's the what's the feeling of of somebody who like me who never been in that cage before well, it, it was a unique situation because there weren't any fans for this fight oh wow yeah and um and i don't know like it i think because of that it felt very familiar. It mm. felt it felt like any other fight. Like I, just the fact that I had been waiting longer than everyone else had to wait to fight. Like that was the only difference. But um, walking up to the cage, like them getting me in there. Um, uh, was it Bruce this time? Ta- that time? I don't remember. I don't remember. I, remember. I don't even remember because it was. <laughs> I was just like you know the tunnel vision. Um, all that felt familiar. It all felt the same. So I'm wondering if maybe the crowd has something to do with it or if wow. that's just how it feels. Um, but hopefully I get to headline again soon so I can like test it out. But yeah, it definitely felt familiar. My, my fight before that was Colmaine and it was the same deal. Like it just felt like any other fight, um, there was more weight on it, of course, just For because sure. the opponent was a bigger name. But aside from that, like it just felt like another fight. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty cool seeing that because I was anxious about that. I'm like, shit, like this is my first time co co main event. Like, right. oh, I hope I hope that pressure doesn't get to me while I'm walking out. And you know that that was nice to see that it didn't. And then same thing again. Shit, this is my first main event. I hope that pressure doesn't get to me and it. it feels exactly the same i think because i think like just being focused on the task at hand um i'm not really focused on the fact that it's a main event just because i'm just focused on beating this girl's ass you know so it's like a totally like uh i don't know you you don't worry about the lineup or anything like once you're in there you're just in there that's crazy you're happy it's finally happening so another thing like before the fight right like, so you have a team, you have Adam there, you mm-hmm. know, you have a, a, a couple other people, right? And cutting weight is part of the <laughs> hardest process of, uh, you know, getting ready for the fight, you know? So can you des- describe your weight cuts 
Adam, you are you there doing the weight cuts and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah, I do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the bathtub. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how many pounds do you actually cut? Like when when it's time to really. It depends. I try scale. to stay around eight pounds over before I start my weight cut. Um, and uh, usually when I get to Vegas or wherever the fight is, I'll usually be around 130 and I have to cut to 115. Woo-hoo. So, yeah, it, and it sounds crazy, but it's actually easy, really easy. It's a really easy weight cut. Really? So Adam, Adam <laughs> runs the weight cuts from yeah. when I was. Not bad. Like some of these chicks come down from, they come down from like one fifty five, to yeah. You, usually 15. a week off. Angela gets there and she says one thirty, but she's about one thirty now, so she'll get there at like one twenty six or something. Yeah, and then that's not her starving herself, so it's pretty easy. Yeah, I'll have like pasta yeah. for dinner the wow. night before and stuff because I'm like working hard. I'm I'm doing sprints and um you know just training really hard, so you're burning a lot of calories. But and like I'm I'm a little smaller than um than some of the girls so like like you have some girls who are flirting with going up to 125 they'll be cutting from like 150 145 like the week of and it's like just so bad for your body so i prefer this weight class like i don't think i would go lower damn that's crazy yeah so um so yeah like i'll i'll usually like be around like in between 130 126 or something like that and then when i cut weight i'll try to stay around like eight pounds over so that's about 124 124 123 and then the water cut it happens the day before weigh-ins and the water cut will will put on sweats will put on abilene to like get make sure that the sweat doesn't reabsorb into my body wow um you put on a sauna suit and we'll hit pads we'll grapple a little bit and then we'll like jump in the sauna the portable sauna and that usually takes off about four pounds and then i'll take a break and then do the rest in a bathtub so that's like a perfect weight cut you like if like usually something goes wrong and we have to do other stuff but perfect weight cut that's what happens so what uh so what on the street is i guess it's harder for women to cut weight Mm -hmm. so you still have to cut a lot of weight. Is it fair? Do you think it's fair, you know, compared to a man? Because you still have to cut, like, well, you still cut, like, 10 pounds. Well, uh, I I think I do it pretty safe. Okay. I, I think, uh, like, guys, I think guys cut a lot more weight yeah. and on average. And um, What's the average of a guy cutting weight? Like, at least like 20, 20 pounds. pounds. Like, Damn. I feel like 20 pounds is that. Well, if you're talking about, like, the week. At least 20, right? 20 pounds. Oh, I mean, what do we know? Yeah, wow. like. I think it all depends on the I'd athlete. Like, it's some like people. It's like a minimum of 10%. Yeah, it depends yeah. on how much, like, body fat they carry, how much water they carry. But yeah, usually, I feel like 20 pounds is pretty average. Damn, that's crazy. Hey, can you teach me how to lose 20 pounds? Adam, what's up, man? Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But then you'll right get it back, back as yeah. soon as you, you <laughs> eat or drink anything, you know? So, hey, maybe, maybe for the maybe for the wedding photos. I don't know. Hey, there you go. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's why 24-hour six-pack, it'll be like a fad diet. You know? <laughs> and that, it's never cute, though. Like, no, no. You get cheekbones. Like, yeah, cheek no, bones you want to do it gradually. <laughs> <laughs> you just look like you've, like... 
were stuck in a like fucking a well for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Adam, what's the hardest you've ever been hit before? I've ever been hit? Yeah. Well, I got knocked out once. Really? So that would have been. Oh, but yeah. I don't remember it, so I guess that doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count <laughs> if you don't remember it. <laughs> no, I had the. Uh, what was it a push kick? I got push kicked in the face. That broke my nose once. Jeez. I remember that. Muay Thai. Uh, yeah. Muay Thai is brutal, bro. Yeah. It's so brutal, man. South, Southpaw rear leg, rear leg push kick to the face and uh, push my nose in pretty good. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was it. Hey, that's yeah. it. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's yeah. crazy. What about you? What was your hardest fight ever, you say, Inch? Um, it's hard to say. Um, I probably probably the Andrade fight, just because it was pretty high paced the entire time. Um, definitely the most bruised I was after a fight. Like I, I had like a little swelling here and there. Like at any other fight, I basically didn't really look like I was in a fight too bad. Um, so yeah, that must have been. But there wasn't like one punch that I remember. Uh, it was just. A barrage, like we're both just, rah, you know, it was like, uh, yeah. like uh, whenever when you see Tasmanian Devil like fighting <laughs> on the cartoon, like that's that's kind of what the fight felt like, just like nonstop punches. But um, but yeah, I think that's that was probably the hardest fight, like the most taxing. Um, that and my fight in Mexico City against Tisha, just because I wasn't prepared at all. Like I, I was, I got that. Uh, Sickness. <laughs> altitude yeah. sickness. Sickness. The well, altitude sickness. Well, I don't know if I got yeah, altitude sickness, but just like yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't adapt. I didn't adapt to like the altitude at all. And then, um, yeah, just like a uh, food poisoning. Like every like half the card had food poisoning. What? Just because we all like went to the Starbucks around the corner and no. and like the water wasn't hot enough, so everyone drank the water on accident. And um, and yeah, so it it was like. It wasn't a good experience for no. sure. Like I was, I was exhausted warming up in the backstage, and I was just like, "Fuck, what's it? What is this gonna feel like?" So that was probably the toughest fight to gut through, just knowing how exhausted I was and just trying to like uh, make something out of nothing. Well, at least you didn't poop on yourself, dude. I was so worried. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys think it? Do you? <laughs> I was so scared, and I had a white. Uh, I had white shorts too, oh, so I no. was freaking out the whole time. I was like, "Oh God, what? I, <laughs> I want a bridge, but I don't want a bridge too hard." <laughs> I'm scared. Everything's gonna come out. Yeah. <laughs> Just clinch, clinch, and don't unclinch. Man, so you fought a lot of good fights, man. I mean, you got uh, thanks, very, man. very close fights. I mean, yeah. I would say you won. I see ninety nine point nine percent of those fights. <laughs> as as this is not this is nothing new. The UFC judging is horrible. Mm. Um, what do you guys think about the UFC judging? Like, what is it? Anything they can do better, or do they need to come up with a different system, or what? What do you think, Aaron, uh, Adam? Most of those people shouldn't be judging fights, but it's like boxing as well. Like you got Adelaide Bird in boxing. You got uh, look. That's his wife on the phone. Uh, yeah, it's my background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it, it, it's it's people that don't you get grandfathered into positions, and there's no real accountability. So they're employed by a commission, or they're employed by 
uh, somebody who pulls them in to do like a job if there's no commission for like a certain area or something like that. But most of them aren't qualified. Like, and the best kind of referees have a, an exper- have background or experience in mixed martial arts or some kind of combative arts. That isn't some bullshit like aikido or karate or you know sports karate, some shit like that. Right. So a lot of these people come in with a really weird set of parameters, and there's no kind of unified set of parameters. A lot of people go to these referee courses or judging courses and try and better themselves. But I don't think that's the majority. I think that's a, a small sliver of the people that are actually judging fights. And you'll get people that you've never heard of, or, or you'll get people that you have heard of that are consistently judging fights badly and they're never heard accountable, uh, held accountable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right, which right. is because there's no oversight. Like if a referee messes up, usually that referee, people make memes about them, they make fun of them. Like if you look at like... Uh, What's his name? Yamasaki or whatever. Yeah, Yamasaki yeah. got like blackballed. Steve mm-hmm. Percival got blackballed. Uh, Kim Winslow got blackballed because, you know, they're incompetent. They don't know how to do their job. So they get kind of pushed aside. But the judging will continue to happen badly until there's some kind of accountability held. Like maybe after every time you get a shitty split decision, you put their faces on the screen. You go, that's the dude that scored it for this person. Yeah. Yes. And then you try and make them rationalize it in front of a camera. I don't know. But the thing is the... Obviously, the, the idea is that you don't want people to go to decision, but it's a little difficult for the lower weight classes to not go to decision if, if you know, they can't knock people out as easily as, like, a heavyweight. So it's unfortunate that there is no accountability, but it's not really a commission thing. It, like, people across the board should be holding people that can't do their job very well accountable. Like, if I can't do my job well, I get fired. If they can't do their job well... Uh, you put him on the Nebraska card, you know, right. and then and then they, and then they jack somebody's career up. Like in Angela's case, like Angela could be, you know, on a, on a five six fight win streak and maybe fighting for the title next. But you know, because we have, and especially with the Gedalia fight, because we have judges that Whew. just don't know what they're doing or don't know what they're scoring, you end up in that position. And then there's a whole kind of question of conflict of interest. Like you don't quite know where these people are coming from. You yeah. don't quite know their affiliations, and there's no real transparency or accountability. So, you know, like pe- people like to say that you maybe get ex-fighters to judge fights, but then that has its own set of inherent problems because you have gym affiliations, this, that, the other. So it's kind of, it's, it's difficult. You don't really know what to do to make it better. But if a judge sucks, maybe you should just get rid of them. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's not necessarily the UFC's job. It's not uh, an MMA organization's job. It's the commission's job. But the commission's run by a bunch of, you know, like depending on where it is, like Nevada is obviously a little more progressive, but then like smaller states and stuff like that, there's no real kind of oversight. Like the sporting commission is like an afterthought and they end up judging sporting contests and boxing right. and stuff. And then you've got a, you got literally a 70 year old woman or a seven year old man judging fights when he's never had a fight in his entire life. You know, that's crazy. So I don't know. They got to do something, man. Cause I'll yeah. tell you this, it's not only you and I mean, but a lot of your fights that you, that you lost, I would say 90% of those, those fights should have, Definitely went your way. Yeah, I mean, they, I think I think they should do it like American Idol, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone hated Simon Cowell because he was such a dick, and everyone thought uh, Paula Abdul was like too nice. So, like, if you just showed the judges and they'll go, "I think that Claudia Cadelia won," everyone would be like, "Bam, you suck!" <laughs> and then they get fired or something, or at least everyone will know that that's the judge that sucks. So don't trust or them. May, or maybe the appeals process should actually be an appeals process for something. as opposed to just some pretend thing you know because some of yeah. these numbers that, that you know the judges are giving you like dude come on yeah yeah like you can't appeal a fight 
uh, decision. Like you can't like it, it's it's just a stupid thing, or not a stupid thing, but it's just um you know if you if you do it's only f- for principle. You never get the decision overturned. The only time that someone got the decision overturned was um Tav- Tanya Evanger when she like stepped on that girl's face to get out of the arm bar, and then the ref like was like, "Hey, you can't do that," but apparently you can. So she kind of ruined the the momentum of the fight and Tanya Avenger ended up getting arm barred. So that was the only time I've ever seen someone appeal the the results of a fight and it actually get overturned to a no contest. But anytime like super like obvious robberies like way worse than mine, they've tried to appeal that and it doesn't get overturned because robberies. Like, yeah. So like total robberies. robberies. And, and so it's like, what, what is someone like me, uh, who had like, let's say a close fight with Michelle Watterson that a lot of people thought I won. Like there's, there's no justice for something like that, you know, sure. like, and, and I also think there should be more draws in MMA too. Yeah. I sure. feel like if that, there that's... were more draws, like, like there shouldn't be a pressure to pick a winner of a round if the round was extremely close, right, right, you know, right. like he's like, it's so arbitrary. Like, well, I don't know this guy. This was a really close round, but the guy who lost the last two rounds got caught up. Right. So we'll give the round to the guy who lost the last two rounds just to even up the score. The, just the, give well, him a so chance. The 10 point must system is fundamentally flawed for him. No, yeah, for sure. it's really, um, cause you always have that one judge. You'd be like a 10, eight. You'd be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is he watching? Yeah. Like, you know what? what I mean? So yeah, you always have that one judge. So it's, there's something, especially if it's a judge who's, who's probably judging it for uh 10, eight, then a, mm-hmm. another judge is probably, you know, 10, 10 or 10, nine, whatever it is. How's that one judge so far off? Yeah, and I also um, I also always thought that it would be smart to have like a a judges meeting because right. we have meetings with the referee before we fight. So okay, so you or uh, the referee comes in there. Yeah, and- the referee comes in there and talks to us before we fight, so we're all clear about like what he's looking for, when he would stop the fight, when he wouldn't stop the fight. Like if he says like, "Oh, you got to fight back," what that means. So there's no like hiccups in the fight. I I feel like they should do the same with the judges. Like maybe not the day day of the fight, but the day before we have a meeting with Dana. He goes, "Hey, you're gonna put on a great fight. Get some money. And if you didn't see anyone who got fight tonight, go out and get that money. That money's for you. You know, like he'll pump us up. Like why not throw the fucking judges in there? Cause they're there. They're there at that point. Throw the judges in there, and they'll explain to you what they're looking for when it comes to judging. Right. Because it doesn't make sense. Like I'll lose rounds and then I'll lose a round and then I'll win a round. And it's like, there's no way that you thought I won this round, but you didn't think that I won the round before. Right. You know, like it's, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. And if, if maybe if they explained their thought process, it would make it a little easier to know if you're winning or losing a round. That's crazy, yeah. So, I, I definitely yeah. Do, they need some com- communications for sure. Then we can see their fucking face and know who to punch after. The- <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 still, I still come back to the An- Angela fought a girl called Jodie Esquivel and beat the piss out of her. Like it was a, a 30-27 fight, but there was still one judge who scored a round against her, and it was clearly a 30-27. Like there wasn't, there was no real offense that Esquivel mounted or anything that that looked like anything, but somehow some judge still gave her. 
Angela still lost her in that judge's eyes, which is ridiculous because the girl didn't do anything, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and looked like she'd gone through a windshield. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So I just, <laughs> I don't get at what point you went, ah, I'm going to score that for her. <laughs> like, was it just running into punches? Like, I get forward momentum, whatever, but it, it's still just, it's stupid, you know, and there's no accountability, and that's the problem. There's no accountability. Yeah. And if what's there the, was accountability. What's the, the Brazilian chick? What was her name again? Uh, the one you, the Brazilian girl. Oh, um, Carnalassi. Oh my. Yeah. God. Oh, they gave her around. No, they, the they, one they, that I, was, I elbowed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they gave, gave her, her around. That was like murder. That's like okay. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't believe that. That was not that right there. Kind of blew my mind. Like, and I was I was curious because I had a feeling like I just had a feeling like I feel like. They might have been trying to screw me there. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really happy I got the stoppage. But, like, yeah, I want to see the scorecards. And then I saw them, and I was like, motherfuckers. Damn, that's crazy. Motherfuckers, yeah. Two two judges scored that second round for her. Yeah. and and Unbelievable. A lot of times I feel like also if you start off strong and then your second round, you still want it, but it wasn't as strong as the first round, they'll give it to the other person. Yeah. And then they'll make you guys battle it out in the third round. Do you, uh, man, it's so funny. Like before they raise their hands and stuff like that, you're like all happy. And the girl looks like she's about to cry. Yeah. They look <laughs> they, fucked up. Right. Like the la- my last two fights are like that. They're all busted up, yeah. <laughs> bleeding out of everything, you know? And then, and then they raise the other girl's hand. And I'm like, what the fuck are you yeah, guys doing? Yeah. Yeah, are you sure? It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, another question. Another question for you. So our good friend Dominic Cruz, he oh. believes he believes in uh, there's no such thing as ring rust. Mm. You're a high volume fighter, so you fight a lot. Yeah. Do you think there's a, there? You think there's uh, ring rust? I fight. I do think there can be ring rust. I think a lot of it has to do with the amount of pressure of you coming back. And I think I think ring rust is obviously mental. Um, I don't think it has much to do with reactions because you're getting those reactions in the gym if you have good sparring partners and good training partners and whatever, good right. coaches. But um, when you get out there, if it's been a while, uh, that pressure just amounts, you For know, sure. like and, and the longer you're out of that area where you're it's not. It's not like your gym, you know, it's it's almost unfamiliar territory because you haven't been there in so long. Right. And you're walking onto this stage and like I, 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 I don't call it ring rust. I call it stage fright. Stage you know? fright. Ooh, like, I like that. It's Mix different. it up. It's different. You know, it's yeah. not it's not just you not knowing how to fight <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah. It's um, it's the fear of uh, just performing to your best, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so that I feel like. For me, that amounts when I'm not in there. And I think on top of that, I had a lot of catching up to do when it came to experience. When I first got in the UFC, I only had one fight. So the more I fought, the more comfortable I felt in there. And I don't think that's going to be the same for everyone. But I do feel like the longer you wait, if you were nervous about making your debut or nervous about your last fight and then you wait a long time before you get back in there a lot of times like that pressure of performing and you know you've been working hard but you're like what if all of this was for nothing like that can amount and that's why people are hesitant and they don't perform the best that they do in the gym damn you're a good talker (laughs) you are media trained i've been in there a lot so (laughs) yeah lee yeah what what about you what's your uh your uh 
your uh, concept. What, what do you think about that, Adam? I don't Ray know, West. man. I mean, it's like it, it's kind of weird. Like if you're not, if you're like dumb, where you're forced to take a couple of years off because of injuries and stuff, you don't. Like, uh, there's always, like, little nuances that people add to the game. Like, everyone's calf-kicking people or something like that. It's difficult to adapt to things like that unless you've got a really broad training partner base. So it can always be tough to kind of come back to something. It's like uh, you play, like, a lot of video games, and you play a bunch of video games, and then you set one down for two years, and you try and come back to it. You forget all the controls, you know? So Absolutely. Like, there has to be some truth to it, even if it's... You know, if you're at, like, Dom's level, Angela's level, you're always going to be really good at fighting, so you'll always adapt, but it's always difficult to kind of walk back in and, and do that again with time off right right mm. especially if it's you. not something you chose to do if you were forced to do it and you think you're second guessing injuries second guessing little things that you can't really control outside of that so yeah definitely crazy definitely crazy but you guys do it you, you're doing your thing the mm-hmm. duel over here so a couple more questions um what Sorry, about I'm, I'm just watching the dog i'm making sure he's not <laughs> peeing. i'm not making sure he's not peeing Watch on it, anything <laughs> yeah it's yes. all good we're dog friendly here at Hendo Studios sure. for sure. It's don't be don't be that friendly though. He's a little, <laughs> a little turd. So, uh, what about um like uh, this fight coming up? We got Jake. Uh, what's it, Jake Paul? Oh my god! I I didn't even watch his last fight. Everyone's telling me don't that don't call it a fight. Well, everyone's <laughs> telling me that he's actually decent. He's mm-hmm. a decent boxer, but I don't believe it. But I, I haven't watched it, so I can't. I'm like Stephen A. Smith with that. I'm like, I don't like YouTubers fighting each other. I don't want to <laughs> see them punch each other in the face. You <laughs> so know, you think, but, he has a, you think he has a chance? Or no? Well, I don't know. I don't know how. It's Ben Askren. Of course, there's a chance. I don't know how bad Ben Askren's boxing is. Like, a lot of times, if someone's really good at something, you never actually see the other stuff that they work on. Like, I like I feel like I could beat a YouTuber in a wrestling match, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though I never wrestle in my fights. Like, I feel like I could beat a YouTuber in a wrestling match. So I wouldn't count uh, Ben Askren out so easily. But I don't know. What do you think? What about you, Adam? What do you think about this fight, Ben Askren? Uh, I'm just going to pretend it's not happening, and I'm not going to watch it. I don't, I don't, I don't no way yeah i heard that man yeah what do you think oh oh man i will say ben Erskine's not good on his feet no (laughs) especially because he's had two hip surgeries since he retired oh yeah 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 true but you don't know but you accept the fight so mm-hmm. it's a fight. It's gonna be a fight. So that pressure is gonna be there, you Absolutely. know. That president. That's the thing that sucks. Like a YouTuber going in against any MMA, <sighs> anything. Like they have no pressure. It's a win-win for them. It's a win-win. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have money. They have a bunch of fans, and they have very low expectations. So everyone's just gonna be like, "Hey, get it," you know. And if they do well, it's gonna be amazing. Right. Like his last one, everyone was amazed that he beat an athlete. You right, know? Right. Because he's a YouTuber, he'd be an athlete. Uh, even though the athlete wasn't player. a yeah, the athlete you know wasn't I mean? a boxer, but right. he was still an athlete. So people were assuming that he'd have that over him. Um, so yeah, like he's going in there with like no fucks, <laughs> you know. And Ben Askren has all this pressure on him to prove that he's not going to get knocked out by a YouTube guy. See, but I think it's a setup too, as well. You know, this guy he's been training boxing. Ben Askren is. Obviously, he's a wrestler, so it's a mis- It's kind of a, mis- a mismatch to me. You I know, don't so know about I just all that. hope he's just a double leg on him. 
It just doesn't let him up. <laughs> and the ref tries to pull him off. I don't care. Whatever. Make it WWE. So, yeah, you know, I, I went um, sparring Muay Thai for the first time in a long time. And it was so hard not to take those girls down. <laughs> it was so hard. Like, anytime their leg came up, I was like, whoop, whoop. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's, let's reset. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I feel like he's definitely going to sneak one in. Well, he has uh, probably. But I, I like, <laughs> I like how Connor handled it. He didn't even kind of give the guy any any type of attention, you know. Because I feel like you know you're a professional fighter, especially like butcher. You know, you can't. It's like kind of disrespectful in a way to even kind of approach somebody like Connor McGregor, even if, even if he did lose. Mm-hmm. You know, like this guy. That's what he does for a living. He 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 lives this. He's yeah. fighting at the highest level. Mm-hmm. So for a guy as a as a YouTube star to come in and kind of challenge him, I think it's kind of disrespectful. And I feel like Connor. Did a good job of just kind of, you know, ignoring the guy for sure. Yeah. Did Connor not do that with Mayweather, though? What do you mean? That's different, though. Nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, got, you got two guys. <laughs> but, you know, but I feel like Connor McGregor, he do train. Mm-hmm. You know, he does. He do train. Boxing is an aspect of MMA. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure. sure. And Connor is a stand-up fighter, mm-hmm. mostly. 90, yeah. 90% of the time, he's standing up, he's trying to piece you up. So, I can kind of see that fight more than anything. But even yeah. then, I feel like it was mismatch as well. So yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. For sure. Yup, he didn't have a chance. But it was nice to uh, think that he did. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I was definitely on that, like, man, I don't know who I want to win train. You know? Like, I wasn't sure with the McGregor Mayweather one. Yeah. But I will definitely be rooting for Ben Askren. <laughs> Oh, oh hell you better yeah. be. Uh, hey, you better be. I won't talk to you anymore if you did. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? It's an easy one to oh, take. Man. I'm not, I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> oh, no. Stream no. That. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll find it. A <laughs> couple more questions. Somewhere. A couple more. How do you get your last name? My well, last you, well, name no, or well, my not, nickname? Your nickname, sorry. My nickname. Well, her mother's name was Hill. <laughs> uh, my dad. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Bad, bad, bad. My, my mother's name yeah. is Albright. But, <laughs> and I was always a very progressive woman. No. Oh, okay. um, uh, Overkill uh, came from a teammate of mine in my Muay Thai school. And uh, Muay Thai gym, I mean. And uh, I wanted something. I was like, man, I'm about to go pro and I don't have a nickname. Like, it's kind of a lame story. But I was like, yeah, I'm about to go go pro and I don't have a nickname. And he was like, well, what kind of nickname are you looking for? And I'm like, well, I want something (laughs) that reflects me but also rhymes with my last name. And he was like, how about Overkill? And I'm like, yo, that's so true. Because, like, in the gym, I'm always, like, the one working the hardest. I'm the one, like, making duck noises when I'm I'm hitting the bag. You know, I'm always going going overboard. So, uh, so yeah, overkill fit really well. And it stuck from then. So it's a teammate kind of name be that. Yeah, thanks, Jay. That's crazy. Jay Rawls. That is crazy. (laughs) So this is the part of the podcast you can can, – we call it bring it to the Hindu congregation. Oh. So this is what part of the podcast. We want to hear something juicy, like a story. Oh. Or so an inspirational story or something crazy that you experienced in your career of fighting. Hmm. Both of you guys. Do you has do you guys have any juicy stories you're gonna tell the Hindu congregation? I don't, I don't know about juicy, but um there was a point when we moved to San Diego and we were living with a friend and Angela got cut from the UFC and we had uh, oh shit! You got cut from the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. 
we had oh, wow. I was working as a bartender, <laughs> I wasn't making shit. And uh and Angela just got cut from the UFC and we had three hundred dollars in a checking account and we had to pay rent in like a month or whatever, we were staying with a friend and their car broke down. And luckily the UFC gave us like three grand as like or you gave sorry, gave Angela three grand as like yeah. a, <laughs> as like a, you know, see you later, whatever, good luck. Bye. Like three three <laughs> grand or something like that, and that's what paid for the car repairs. And if we had another three grand, we would have been like flat broke. Credit wow. cards, this, that, the other. So to come from that six years ago to struggle that point to Angela wanting her house, having this dumb fucking dog, um, <laughs> all all kinds of stuff, you know, like it, it's really a uh, shit can really change if you really believe in somebody's skill set. And I think that kind of there was a couple of really dark points, even moving like a sunny place like San Diego. Yeah, that was really important to kind of like. Um, to look back on that and say shit look how bad you know even when angela gets robbed the stupid decisions stuff like that yeah. at least i could look back to that and go hey things could always be a little worse right 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 yep. yeah i remember that was that, that, a, was that a sufficient that's story that's a good one All right, cool. that's a i don't know if that was a story maybe that was an, I love an anecdote I don't inspirational know. dang i love yeah. it because like i seen you like grind i in, in the, the cool thing about it that you guys are a team so yeah, you know you fight, but he's always have your back, and he's always there for you. He's always supportive you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. And I think that you guys have something special that I haven't seen with anybody else. Like I've been around shooting a lot of these, a lot of athletes, you know what I mean. But you two are like two peas in a pod, Aww. you know what I mean. And <laughs> you guys support each other, you know what I mean. So it's like, yeah. so it's one thing I know. I know you said like you know this is like an individual sport, but I think it is kind of like a team sport because you support her so much and you do a lot. You know, it's you know Angela for sure is the fighter for sure, but you have that that back end locked down, and I wish it. Well, my girls like that too, but I wish mm-hmm. everybody could have that person behind and that could support them on the level that you support her. So you do the Aww. cooking too. Uh, I will give you food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> he does the growing. He does the growing. He grows Man. the ingredients. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I grow the food. Thank yeah, you. yeah. There you yeah. Go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have anything juicy you want to tell us, Angela? Man, I don't know what counts as juicy. Ooh. Uh. No, no back of the... Uh, in the locker room stories or nothing. Locker room stories. Oh man. Don't get in trouble though. I know, right? It's just a podcast. <laughs> ah, I can't think of anything. No worries. No um, worries. Um uh don't worry. No worries. Uh, that was a good one. Adam Adam got that you was covered. That's a really good one. Yeah. Adam got you covered. Um oh uh well this is a kinda stupid one. I think I've said it before, but um when me and Adam first met, we were on student exchange he was in he was coming from an art school in scotland Mm -hmm. and i was coming from art school in new york and we met in japan and we were just like you know a group of uh foreign exchange students in japan and we would watch these like random videos and stuff to bond and like we started watching these bass rooting um, self-defense oh, yeah. videos. Oh shoot! Yeah, those those uh stupid famous self-defense videos. Like before he was on uh, Grand Theft Auto, where he was just like, "See, this is what you do when you hit my wife, bang, bang," <laughs> and he's like banging the person's head on the table, and like that was like this running joke that we had, like this inside joke that we had. So it was a real, uh, I guess, three sixty moment when I had 
one of my last uh, amateur fights in Vegas, mm-hmm. my last Muay Thai amateur fight, and I knocked the girl out with one punch. No way. And I ended up, my fight ended up being featured on this thing called Friday Finishes, mm-hmm. which was hosted by Bass Rutten. No. And he, <laughs> and I swear, I don't think he said it, but I swear he said, bang, bang. <laughs> when I, when I like hit the girl with the overhand and it was just one of these weird, like full circle moments because Adam was there, you yeah. know, like Adam cornered me for that fight. Um, he, like he was there for the fight. Uh, I, I was able to like kind of connect with Bassaroon, the person who brought us together Crazy. when we had just met before we were fighting and stuff. And I don't know, it just felt like one of these weird like moments where you're just like, shit, like maybe everything is planned. Like maybe everything is meant to be that happens to you. So Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how much I believe that, but it's definitely one of those things that makes me believe like, yeah. mm, maybe, maybe that's true. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, man, it was a pleasure, guys, having you guys on the on the podcast, man. I'm proud of you, what you guys are doing, Thank killing you. the game, progressing. I seen you start from the bottom, <laughs> but you was already on the hill. But you know, I don't know. I'm here. I seen. I, I forgot that you got cut from the <laughs> UFC, and then you then you became the Invicta champion. Mm-hmm. Then you came back to UFC and started murdering it. Yeah, that's Damn. when you met me, the Invicta photo shoot with the belt. Shit, and everything. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> I remember I used to shoot you in the gym. You used to be putting hands on them girls. <laughs> still do, still do. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't shoot no more, so. Yeah, yeah. You got better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I still do, motherfucker. still do. I, that's what I do. I piece them up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I appreciate you guys coming to this on the podcast and everything. And, um, like I said, good luck in the future. This is the Hendo Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hendo. And we have Adam. Uh, we, we have Angela. And this is episode number 12. You guys want to say anything before we leave? I'm straight, man. Thank well, you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Adam, give, me, give your, you so low key. Can we get your, your Instagram handle so people can know who yeah. you are? I know what Super low key. Handle. I do. So senior S R P I N A underscore. Was it? Senior Pina. <laughs> no. <laughs> Senior Pina is S R P I N A underscore. I never know how to pronounce your your uh, Instagram handle. Senior yeah. Pina. I was like, like what I the heck? Know. It was I a like the, it like was a joke. It, it was from, like a running uh, stupid joke. Yeah, what my first that Mexico City fight, the first one. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why, but we called him. Someone like, was wearing a pineapple. Mr. Shirt. Pineapple. Yeah. And we were uh, like, Senor Pina. I didn't know any <laughs> Yeah. I was like, yeah. I thought Skrilla or something. I was like, I couldn't even pronounce it. I don't know. <laughs> Man. I don't know. Skrilla. Skrapella. Skrapenya. Yeah. We'll just act like yeah. <laughs> that's better. That sounds better than yeah. That the pineapple cool. thing. Yeah, sing your pina. And Angie, can you give your uh, Instagram handles well so uh, people know where to find you? At Angie Overkill on Instagram, on Twitter, and um, you can check our podcast, Ceremonial William Podcast, hey, on Spotify, and yes. um, and I have a new podcast with Karen Bryant called What Had Happened Was. That's a good one. Once a week, um, on YouTube and IGTV and Spotify. So yeah, we're we're uh, chugging along. Hey, you kill it, man! <laughs> I'm proud of you. 
cool. I remember you was a baby. Look at you now, man. Just yay high. Killing it. <laughs> well, once again, I appreciate appreciate you guys for coming on the podcast. Yeah, this, thanks for having us. Oh, sorry. No, no, run, no, no. Run it, run it. I'm all I'm all interrupting your sign off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Let the man go home on his pregnant wife. I know, right? <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> hey, this is Indo Podcast. I'm signing off. I'll catch you guys. Bye.